0: Hi everyone, I'm Kelly Pokies-Burke, and this is the Career Slay Podcast. Imagine the impact we could have on society if everyone loved what they did. That's what Career Slay is all about. I'm interviewing people who love their jobs and asking them how they got there and what they've learned along the way. We're here to slay the fear in career. On today's episode of Career Slay, we've got a special guest, my sister, Kimberly Pokies. As a Texas native, Kim moved to Los Angeles in 2011 to pursue a career in fashion. She graduated from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising with three degrees in apparel industry management, international manufacturing and product development, and business management. For the past 10 years, she's worked in fashion as a product developer, creating clothes for companies such as Halston, Guess, Uniqlo, Theory, and Helmet Lang. After working a long corporate career, Kim shifted gears and now works for a startup called Cuts Clothing, where she is tasked to build the company into a lifestyle brand while leading their sustainability initiatives. Welcome, Kim. Hi, happy to be here. So I obviously know your story, but let's start from the beginning. Tell us what you were like as a child.
1: What I was like as a child, raised Filipino American, so grew up in a house where you were pushed to excel. And you would feel bad when you would come home and bring an A- minus on your homework. We were just instilled values of working hard, being the best that we could be, um, doing well in school so that we could get great jobs. And that was what our parents' dream for us was, was to have a better life than what they had.
0: And I know for the both of us, we grew up in a household where there were two paths you could take, a doctor or a lawyer, and you didn't choose either of those paths. No,
1: definitely not. I chose a creative career and that was one of the biggest leaps I had to do as a kid.
0: So tell me a little bit more about why you chose a creative path.
1: I'd like to say it starts around second grade. Our Lola, which is grandmother in Tagalog, told me to stop using my money to buy CDs and toys and encouraged me to buy clothes. She would take me to this store called Factory 2U, and I really enjoyed picking out outfits there. They would sell tops and bottoms together as a set, and I loved picking them out and mix-matching them. And since then, I loved dressing myself, putting outfits together, and I had an interest in fashion. So really from a young age, it was our grandma who instilled that
0: fashionista in you, huh? Yes, I don't know if I ever told you that. I actually didn't know that. So you started having an interest in fashion at a very young age, but did you have any idea of what sort of career path might look for you?
1: No, I thought that my career would just be an art teacher because that was what I was exposed to at the time. And then as I got older, I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer and sketch clothes and make clothes, but it was very unclear how to go about it. I didn't know how to start, what schools to look into. I didn't know anyone who was making money in fashion. So it was very unclear and it was a gray area.
0: So tell us, what did you do to get more information?
1: Our cousin had gone with her friend to tour the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, FIDM for short. From there, I looked up the school, got interested in it, and when there was a next available appointment that a college representative came to Dallas, I met up with them. And from there, I got more knowledge on what the industry was like, and I had thought that I wanted to be a fashion designer. And after I had told her about my interest, she gave me some direction and said that she thinks that I would be better as a product developer.
0: Why did she say that?
1: Because what interested me in fashion was putting things together. My portfolio was a lot more on the merchandising side. And she was thinking of like the way that my brain worked, putting things together. That's basically what product development is. You're taking something from scratch and bringing it to life, taking all the puzzle pieces and making it into something. Being young and not knowing anything about how the industry worked, it was my first exposure to another role outside of a fashion designer.
0: So for those who might not know, what is the difference between a fashion designer and a product developer?
1: So the difference between a fashion designer and a product developer is that the design phase actually comes first. The designer is the concept artist and is in charge of the overall vision of what the product is going to look like, feel like, what it should be made out of, et cetera. And I take their concept, which is a 2D sketch, and I bring it into life thinking of all the raw materials that go into a garment. So if I'm looking at what you're wearing now, you've got a blouse on, there's fabric, there's thread, there's probably a woven label at the center back, and a care label that tells you how to wash it, etc. So I think of all the components that go into it. How do I put those things together in order to make that 2D sketch into a 3D product? And it's not just about thinking about the raw materials that go into it, but it's also where do they come from? Where is it going to be made? How does it fit? And essentially, I'm in charge of the entire product lifecycle management. So from concept to consumer. That's super
0: cool that you have that range of touch points from the initial ideation and getting that handoff from the designer all the way to the end product. So what's fashion school like? I imagine it's pretty different from your traditional college experience.
1: There's no sports, and every club is pretty much career-focused. You're typically in a quarter system, Your classes are three hours long and they say that for every hour of class, you have three hours of homework and it's very small. It's so niche that my very first class, the instructor said, look around, this is your competition in getting a job after this. Wow, that sounds intense and maybe a little bit cutthroat. It is cutthroat and what's interesting is that in my experience, it's not necessarily hard to get in because they know that students will just drop out because it's not what they think that it would be. What's different about fashion is that you have to work on your career even before you're done with school. Even in trying to get an internship, they'll still ask you what your experience is. And you would think, isn't that what this internship is for, for me to gain experience for my like full-time job? But that's not usually the case. They're wanting you to work a retail job first or volunteering at a fashion event or something, you know, asking who you know and what you have to bring to the table. Whereas, you know, senior year of a regular traditional college, you can go to a career fair and interview with multiple companies and find your job that way. And in fashion, it's a lot about who you know and how you can utilize your network.
0: You went abroad for part of that program, right? Mm -hmm.
1: So we spent the first part of the year in Europe doing trend forecasting um, and design inspiration. We went to Milan and we went to Paris, France. And then towards the end of the program, we were learning how the product actually gets made. So we went to Asia, we went to Hong Kong and we went to China we saw product in factories actually get made and go through quality control testing.
0: That's amazing. That sounds like super glamorous.
1: <laughs> it's glamorous by sound, but it's a lot of work at the end. A lot of fashion is not glamorous.
0: So you went to school, you did this program, and then you got a third degree,
1: right? Yeah, I got a third degree in business management because something in my gut told me that one day, I probably wouldn't want to do fashion forever, and I wanted to have something that taught me how to work in different industries, and I knew that business management would be the same across whatever industry I was working in.
0: Did mom convince you to take on the business management degree?
1: No, that was myself. Oh, okay. She, she, she tried to convince me to get an MBA, and I told her I wouldn't get myself in more student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you moved from Texas to L.A., and you've been there for, what, now more than 10 years? hmm Tell us about that shift of leaving home and going to a completely new city to start a new life.
1: Well, because I didn't have a traditional college experience, I had to grow up faster. I had to learn how to support myself faster, and so it made me more mature in comparison to my peers from back home. So there were times where I felt like I couldn't relate to what they were going through and vice versa because I'm over here trying to figure out how am I going to pay rent, whereas people were still in a phase of taking their time, figuring out what they wanted to do. I had to make these decisions a lot quicker because the more time that I took sitting on it, that allowed someone else to like get the opportunity that I could have grabbed
0: I still remember you as my little sister, so I forget that you have grown up and <laughs> grown up so fast. So what did you do after Fitem?
1: I was able to get a summer internship at Guess, and I did so well that three months later they asked me to come back and work part-time. So in my senior year, I would do all of my classes two days a week, condensed, and work my big girl job three days a week. Once I had graduated, I went straight full time working because I needed money to like support myself and pay rent. Yeah. LA rent is so expensive, huh? It is. <laughs> so you worked at Guess. What did you do at Guess? At Guess, I was a product development assistant working on knits, sweaters, outerwear, and woven shirts. I really wanted to get my foot in the door at a company that made jeans. Why jeans? in learning about how the fabric works and how it reacts i was very fascinated by it and i realized that if i became a specialist in this i could earn more money so,
0: so you started to become a specialist in denim mm-hmm. and that started at guess or was that at your next role
1: it was in my next role so when i was at guess i realized that i wasn't going to be able to work on denim which is very strange because i was yeah, they guess it's like known for jeans, right? Yeah, they're known for jeans. So I decided to leave. And when I decided to leave, they asked me to stay. They told me they would let me work on denim. They didn't want to lose talent. And I said, I, I'd been telling you this for a long time now. And why just now are you offering me the position? So I got another role working for Fast Retailing's Jeans Innovation Center. Fast Retailing is a huge apparel conglomerate. They own multiple brands. The largest brand that they own is Uniqlo. They own Helmet Lang, Theory, Comtois de Cotinier. And they hired me to be a team member for their LA-based jeans innovation center. And from there, I was making jeans for all of the brands that Fast Retailing owns. So what was it like
0: working for a bigger company that had multiple brands under its belt?
1: It was pretty exciting because you're given more opportunities to work for different customer bases. So I was making jeans for a budget market. We're at Uniqlo. You're selling jeans for around $50. And then making designer level jeans with Helmetling where we're selling that at 300 plus. And I, I know you love that job for quite some time. Yeah, I was there for many years. It was a hard decision to leave. Why did you decide to leave? Well, after a while, when you're just working corporate, you realize that it only has so much to offer you. I think that the generation before us viewed work as get a degree, find a good job, work that job, climb that ladder, build your 401k, and then retire. It sounds very boring when I I say it like that. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, that's just my life. (laughs) And that's not what I envisioned myself doing forever. Staying in a job and just climbing some ladder, hoping to get a raise the next quarter. When I came to that realization, I started playing with the idea of moving to a smaller company and building something from scratch. But there were a lot of things that I had to let go of. Like what? Security. You know, you wouldn't know how long that company would last. You wouldn't know if you would get benefits or what your salary is going to look like, how stable that is, not going to have as many resources. So, you figured out
0: that working at a big corporation was no longer what you wanted to do, but you still wanted to stay in fashion. So, you wanted to find something that was a little bit more nimble and
1: agile. Tell us about what you found. So I actually worked with a recruiting agency, and I actually thought that they made a mistake at submitting my resume to Cuts Clothing because initially I didn't want to work for a company that small. But they had thought that I was a good fit, and they wanted to interview me. And it took a bit of, you know, convincing for me to be open to it because I was nervous about working for a startup would just not be a good idea at this point in time of my career. But then I figured I had nothing to lose because even if it didn't last forever, I had the experience of working in an environment that was totally different and having more responsibilities than I had before.
0: Cool. So what was the position that you were hired for?
1: I was hired to be their product developer.
0: Okay. You had mentioned it was a small company. How small was it?
1: We're less than 50 people, but I want to say at the time of my hire, we were around 30 or so employees.
0: Pretty small. Pretty small. Yeah, very (laughs) startup-y.
1: So what is Cuts? Cuts started off as a men's t-shirt brand, and I'm a part of creating it into a dual gender lifestyle brand. And we launched our women's line at the end of May this past year. So
0: you're not just doing product development anymore, you're actually building a brand.
1: Yeah. My role consists of a lot of things. I wear many hats, I source the raw materials from the fabric to the buttons and the zippers. I approve artwork for small details like woven labels, care labels. I approve color um, and I'm also leading their sustainability initiatives. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to make our product better with less chemical, less waste, and what would happen to the product at the end of its life cycle.
0: I've seen you come such a long way. And despite our upbringing, you still relentlessly pursued your passion that you discovered at such a young age. Why is it important to infuse passion into a career?
1: What I've seen people do is that they treat their passion as their side hustle. And when you treat your passion as your side hustle, then you're very unfulfilled. You're still hanging on to a nine to five that you think that you need in order to sustain yourself. But when you see your passion, you have drive. You're, you're going to be happier and you're going to wake up actually like wanting to work.
0: Yeah, I love that. What do you like most about your job?
1: I love how I get to work on something that truly interests me and how every day I'm learning. But what I love most about my job is working with great people. I once had a coworker who said that he's done with working with people that he doesn't like. I've pondered about it and thought, yeah, you really do choose your work environment and your workplace because you can always. Say no to a job that is toxic. You can always leave a job that's toxic. So seeking out, you know, a great environment and great people, like, that brings out the best in you. You know, that statistic of you become the five people that you spend most of your time around. And for me, that's work. Being with people who are driven, that are encouraging, that um, are on the same wavelength as you in your journey of pursuing success, like that's important.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think you have the autonomy to decide what you want your environment to be like and the people that you want to spend (laughs) your time with. I have been very fortunate to have loved every place that I've been at and love the people that I've worked with. So it's, it's great that you have that. So is there a particular challenge, either personal or professional, that's shaped how you approach career?
1: I'd have to say that I had to shift my way of thinking as far as what my career goals are. You know, I didn't want to just climb some corporate ladder and earn more money and retire. And so for me, like my goal in my current job is to build this brand and to make it as sustainable as possible instead of viewing it as I need to make X amount of money I need to earn this or that title, I want to look at it as what I'm achieving, like what the results are based on my work efforts.
0: Yeah, it's about the legacy that you want to leave behind, right? Mm-hmm. How did that become such a big passion point for you?
1: I took a course at Fitum that was on sustainability and it showed me you know, the dirty truth of fashion. From there, I thought, why don't I take this, you know, dark side of the reality of what this is and make it better? Like there were times where I would get depressed about fashion because it creates so much waste. And then I would tell myself like, it's okay that you're in this because every industry needs good people to make things better.
0: That's awesome. That's such a noble purpose. And I'm glad that they've got you to lead the charge. So I asked this question to everyone on the podcast. What advice would you give your 20 year old self?
1: I would tell my 20 year old self to stop doubting yourself. My biggest hurdle was just overcoming my imposter syndrome. I always doubted myself thinking that, I couldn't do it. And if I thought that I couldn't do it, then how would anyone else believe in me?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think imposter syndrome is so prevalent and I have that too all the time. Maybe it's because we're not doctors or lawyers, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think we did all right, right? Yeah. If you had to sum up your career in three words, what would that be?
1: Don't give up. Um, a lot of pursuing a creative career is knowing that you got to just keep going there's going to be trials that you need to overcome, and the worst people can say to you is no, but a yes is not necessarily, like, your goal. You know, it's the no's that end up getting you to that yes.
0: Welcome. thank you so much for being here on the Career Slay podcast and for sharing your story. Seeing it firsthand and seeing you grow up and how you've persevered throughout your career, it's really, really inspiring, and thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. This is so exciting, and I'm excited to see where this podcast goes.
0: The Career Slay podcast is a co production of Career Slay and Wild Reply, produced by Michael Burke. Stay tuned for some great conversations on slaying the fear in career.